The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How you guys doing? All right. So, not too eventful of a week, uh, but we're, just because we're uh, nature of life at the moment, uh, we're still kind of an episode behind on Andor, but we are going to get caught up on, uh, on Tales from the Jedi. Well, we're not all an episode behind, but I'll let you guys catch up. I'm caught up, <laughs> but again, no Derek's big deal. Again. Well, if he if he took care of that job thing, oh, no Star Wars. Uh, maybe if we record on the same day as when it came out. <laughs> Don't doesn't your job know that Star Wars is important here? No, they do not. They may. They just don't care. No, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important thing. They don't care. Mm. Sounds like it's time for a new job. Someone that appreciates Star Wars as much as you do. Yeah, find one. Let me know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think such a place exists. I, I don't think it exists as much even at Lucasfilm, even though that's their part of their livelihood. <laughs> yeah, really. Some of them still like Star Wars. Oh, they do, but I don't think it's important enough to to say, hey, on Wednesdays we're going to take a two-hour break so we could file everyone into the screening room and watch the latest episode of Andor. I would not be surprised if it was available to watch at the screening room anytime you wanted. <laughs> I don't think that happens. So, um, check out WookieRadio.net. On the homepage, on the right-hand side, are affiliates such as BiddyBoomers.com. Use code WeebyGeeks, all one word, for 15% off your purchase. And I forgot to send this to you guys earlier. 
I told you, so I don't think I showed you guys on air, but I told you about it. And I'm bringing it up again right now. But one, but you know, they, quite a few new Biddy Boomers. Um, of course, there's the eight inch Grogu Biddy Boomer that's available. Um, I just got recently the Darth Vader with removable helmet, which I sent to you guys in text, which looks awesome. I absolutely love this. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to reach out to Casey about account Dooku Biddy Boomer now too. We need we need Obi Wan, the stages of Obi Wan. We need a Qui Gon. Maul would be awesome. The Emperor would be awesome. Sidious. Yeah. So just new ideas. Um, also to check out toink.com, T O Y N K.com. Use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your purchase. And you could get things like our pick of the week, which is Comic Images Star Wars Bantha Plush, which is like a deformed little. They have the deformed yeah. vehicles, but this is kind of yeah. deformed, kind of not, but it looks so cool. Yes. Well, the nice thing is, you can feel like lumpy and cuddle with your own little baby bantha. This is true. Mm-hmm. And I was saying before show, I wasn't going to say what it was because Derek would understand kind of the joke. Because if you remember, we talked about Rocky, our golden retriever. Mm-hmm. How how he'll he'll howl a little bit like a bantha. He'll go Ooh. similar to a bantha. So we call him bantha. So this would be appropriate. Mm. This one's cute. There you go. This one's cute. Uh, Build-A-Bear has one as well, but it's not as cute as this one. So I would get this one first using code WINGEEKS15 from Toink. Then I would maybe go get the one from from Build-A-Bear. I just don't know if I want to start that rabbit hole with Zoe on getting uh, Bantha plushes. It could be interesting, though. Um, But I got to thinking this week, uh, like I said, we're going to recap the, the last four episodes of Tales from the Jedi. We're gonna, or tells of the Jedi. Why, am I, why do I keep saying from the Jedi? It's tells of the Jedi. And we're gonna get caught up on episode eight of uh, Andor. We know episode nine dropped, but uh, we're a week behind, which is okay. It's just gonna work out when we hopefully do our roundtable. Uh, before we get that far, um, I wanna say our thoughts are with uh, the, the Christopher clan. Um, they've just had a, a very long day today. Uh, that's as far as I want to go with it. Uh, just hope things get better and, uh, hope to talk to JTC soon. So our, our well wishes to the family. Um, but before we get into the discussions, I got to thinking, cause I've been watching Bad Batch when I take Zoe to, to dance, been doing a few other things. Wanted to know, we, we've always talked about our favorite ships, favorite droids, favorite, whatever. Favorite dark side user. This would include Ventress because she's not truly Sith. This could include Grievous, even though he apparently doesn't use any force skills. Well, then just the favorite bad guy. Bounty hunters or tweeners? Uh, so first favorite actual bad guy. Okay, no. Favorite lightsaber wielding bad guy. Oh. Yeah, I want to specify. And this could, get, this could even go back to the Inquisitors, uh, Malik and Revan. From the games. Uh, who's the other one? Malik, Revan. Oh, there's Darth Talon, who was the, uh, from from the old Tales of the Jedi comics. The Twi'lek. Um, oh, there's another one. It's Revan, Malik. Oh, Darth Bane? Yes, Bane. Thank you. So. Uh, Hamill is a bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, who wants to go first? Well, I've already got mine because it popped in my head as soon as you met, said it. 
was um, Savage Press. Yeah, great choice. Savage was a great character when they um, introduced him into Clone Wars. Yeah, voiced by a great actor, Clancy. Mm-hmm. Who's also in Tales of the Jedi. He is. Who is he in Tales? He's the Inquisitor. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, they pitched his voice. He's just one of my favorite actors in general. All and that goes all the way back to Highlander. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, they pitched his voice just enough that I didn't recognize it. You don't have to pitch his voice usually because it's it's just a, right at the perfect spot. Yeah. Or they 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 changed it up just enough that I I didn't catch it was him immediately. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Derek? Hmm. I mean, we could go with the obvious of what's in your background. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I mean, the obvious would be Darth Vader, of course. But uh, I'm going to say my favorite is. I'm going to say my favorite is the Emperor. Okay. Palpatine, Papa Palpy. Okay. Just because, I mean, <laughs> he conquered an entire galaxy. Yeah. You can't be that. He didn't conquer the galaxy. He talked them into making him the ruler. Exactly. He didn't have to fire a shot himself to become the ruler of the mm-hmm. entire galaxy. Exactly. He even convinced, you know, he convinced the Republic to build him an army. He, yeah. Actually, um, well, I guess he, you could also say Darth Sidious, but especially after after watching Tales of the Jedi, um. The particular, well, we'll talk about it later, but the particular episode that he was in with Dooku. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. There was some good manipulation there. Yeah. My favorite, and it, it, it shouldn't come as any surprise. Um, I mean, I love Vader. Don't get me wrong. Vader's the original. He's the. I, th- I think that's just a given. We should say excluding Vader because that yeah. probably would be everybody's first choice. Yeah. Uh, but I would put this person right up there with Vader for me, and that's Dooku. Yep. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, especially, again, I, I go back to Dooku Jedi Lost. Great story. I mean, I, I literally was like, yeah, I really am not a fan of Dooku based on Attack of the Clones. And then Clone Wars is like, eh. Okay. I mean, I was seeing bits and pieces and was maybe having me like them. And I'm like, yeah, but, um, you know, still wasn't understanding the deal with him and Ventress because she, but then we get, because he never made her officially an apprentice for him. You know, during, during what we see on screen, it's, it's almost like she's just in a hired assassin type scenario. But it wasn't until Dooku Jedi Lost that we do realize he has made her an apprentice of some sort. Uh, he is training her in a manner of speaking. Mm. She actually does come from a Jedi background. But Dooku Lost goes so deep with the Dooku story that it, it, it does pretty much confirm everything we had talked about. That maybe Dooku was the one who was Sidious when reporting to the Kimonians about creating the army. And then we find out in the book he was because Sifo-Dyas just wasn't in the right mind. Yeah. So it just makes it easy to punt it off on Sifo-Dyas and take that identity. And then and then watching Tales from the Jedi, it's like, okay. He, and I go back. If if there was such a thing as a gray Jedi or a, or a Force user that was not Sith or not Jedi, Dooku is that character. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Especially after you see Tails. 
Yeah. Mm. I don't want to say he's, uh, I don't want to say he's neutral, true neutral, if you go D&D alignment classification. Mm, definitely not. But he, he's almost a good, I don't know how to describe it. He, he's almost a mix of neutral good and neutral evil. I'd lean more towards the evil. He is a Sith. Yeah. And he's Sith by convenience. Good, good. Yeah, but you got to think in general, the Sith, all of them is, um, they're not doing it to be evil. They're not using the dark side just because it's evil and they like to be evil. <laughs> no, they're using it for power and control. And yeah, some of them are. He's doing it to try to save his wife originally. Mm hmm. Dooku doesn't and, see another way to save the Republic. Right. Palpatine wants all the power there is. Right. Yeah, he does. Dooku's trying to save the Republic from from the Chancellor, not realizing that the Chancellor is the Emperor. Well, no, originally the Chancellor, he He's was trying, trying, to, you know, trying to save the Republic from the um, Senate. And from the corruption of the government as it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So think, when he right. was still a Jedi, before he switched to um, before um, when we get to it in Tales, the episode where he fully becomes Sith is actually during episode one or at the end of episode one. So Palpatine yeah. Just yeah. became Chancellor as that happens. Yeah. So he would have been um, there when Valorum was the Chancellor. Mm. And Valorum yeah. was just a puppet for everybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're right. He's trying to save. I mean, but by the time we truly see Dooku, he's he's trying to save the Republic from the Chancellor. Mm-hmm. In a matter of speaking, well, no, because like I said, the Chancellor doesn't have that type of power. They had not given that office the type of power. The Senate has all the power. Yeah, yeah. remember, Palpatine had all that power because the Senate gave him all the emergency powers it, to, okay, to, right. to combat the Separatists and the um, Clone Wars. His office did not have that type of power to start with. I guess Attack of the Clones and when Dooku almost is foreshadowing our, at that time, foreshadowing the future of our government of you let the politicians get too much power, the corrupt are going to leave more corrupt, which is kind of where we're at now. And and I'm saying this is happening on all parties. And in many ways, we kind of almost need a Dooku right now to be that wake up call and go, hey. People, you need to stand up to the Republic again and make your voices heard. And and that's kind of what he did. That was his ideals. Stand up to the to the government. Let your voice be heard. But do it. But do it in a in a uh, in a nonviolent way. Well, he wasn't doing anything nonviolent. Well, mm, yeah, he was pretty violent. He was pretty violent. No, I think it was just straight. Um, he saw the problems, and there's and his way out was eventually joining Sidious, and then it was just following what Sidious wanted him to do. Yeah, well, that's why I said he was he was Sith by convenience to to get his ideas across. He had to he had to fall in line with Sidious because that's apparently what Sidious was telling him. Yeah, but even before that, like the, the episode with uh, with him and Qui Gon, you saw him start using you know start going a little dark towards the dark side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and and again, it goes back to, were the Jedi truly the peacekeepers? Well, no, but that's what they were being used for. Anytime there was a conflict, the Senate Senate sent them out. Well, yeah, the Jedi were supposed to be peacekeepers. That was part of their charter. Right. The thing is, uh, what changed was during the Clone Wars, when all of a sudden the Republic has an army, now we need someone to lead this army. Right. We need generals. We don't have soldiers. We don't have um, the generals that can do stuff like this. Well, wait, the Jedi are trained to do this type of thing sometimes. 
Yeah. And even even of the Jedi. Even through most of it, I think the Jedi, for the most part, believed they were still keep peacekeepers. Yeah, they were trying to keep the peace. Right, and that's how they were, you know. Right. And they never put two and two together and saw that the Senate was just like using them to settle any differences. Yeah, see, the thing is, I don't think the Senate realized what that was going on either. There was a couple people probably that knew. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you think? Um, I think the only time we saw the Jedi doing what they're supposed to be doing was the beginning of the Phantom Menace. Lorem had asked the Jedi to intervene and um, help negotiate this con this um, conflict, bring a peaceful right. end to this conflict. That's what the Jedi are supposed to be doing. Right between the between Naboo and the the separate trade, trade, trade federation. federation. Yeah. So after that, all of a sudden, anything from there on to the end of Revenge of the Sith. The Jedi are no longer doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. They're not supposed to be generals. They're not supposed to be fighting war. Right. Windu mentioned it a couple times that we can't fight a war for you. Right. Well, I think that's what I liked about, um, and I guess we could segue this into Tales of the Jedi, episode three, which is where we would pick up next. It's the episode with Mason and Dooku yeah. dealing with the senator because they're going to go recover the body that of the Jedi that was slain. And, you know, Mace is, well, let's just grab the body and go. And Dooku was like, oh, no. Why was she slain? Because she was she was murdered way too easily. Let's investigate this and find out. Yeah. And well, with, and with Mace a, giving in to well, the investigation. Really good point of Mace Windu is a rules-following Jedi. He does exactly what he's told and um, doesn't question it, and then he'll worry about the later why he's being told these things. Right. Whereas you can see it in quite which is kind of funny when you think, hmm? which is kind of funny when you think that he's played by Samuel Jackson, but you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he is very much straight laced by the book. Do what he's you're told, Jedi. Right. Whereas Dooku is like, wait a minute. Okay, the, we were told to do this, and um. But these other and actually, um, you can see Dooku in this argument sounds a lot like an Anakin when they were having to deal with um, someone trying to assassinate Padme in episode two. Right. Mm. Yeah. You can see that this same argument that you saw here between Dooku and um, and Windu is the argument that Obi-Wan and um, Anakin have in the elevator. Yeah. Obi-Wan is we're supposed to protect the senator and make sure she does nothing comes harm to her. Right. And Anakin's like, well, in order to do that, we have to investigate. We have to figure out who's doing this and why why it's happening and all these things. Not just straight mm. up. Obi-Wan was doing it by the book saying, this is what I was told. We were told to do. This is what we're going to do. Right. Well, that's the same thing you got in this episode with Windu, with Mason, um, Mason Dooku. And I think the Jedi, um, from what we've seen so far of the Jedi Council and the way that it's run, they want most of the Jedi. It seems like they encourage the Jedi to do that, to be. Uh, buy the book, do what you're told, Jedi. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. They're not doing that to control the Jedi, I don't think. But that's just, if you follow the code exactly the way it says, this is the way it works. And it's, remember, we talked about this right, before. The yeah. Jedi have become so wrapped up in dogma and doing things the way it's supposed to be done that they're worried more about the um, the law of the, um, of the Jedi and not listening to the Force. Right. Which is why... Mm -hmm. Palpatine is able to slip in there and do all this stuff behind the scenes and the dark side starts clouding everything because the Jedi aren't looking and trying to read the force. They're there doing what they were told to do and following the rules. Right. Right. Because if they, if they weren't, if they were paying more attention to the force, like they it should, 
they probably wouldn't have been as surprised by Palpatine. Yeah, when you get someone like a Dooku or like a Qui-Gon, because Qui-Gon has a lot of Dooku in him, or yeah. like an Anakin that's sitting mm-hmm. there and just meditating on the Force itself, and all of a sudden they look like rogues, but they're really doing what you think the Jedi should be doing. Follow the way the Force leads. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like Qui-Gon calls it the living Force. Uh, Metachlorians, as in episode or in the prequels, they have a will of their own. If you sit there, if you'll actually listen. Right. But the Jedi in general were not listening. The council was not listening. They were their mandate was this from the from the Senate, and that's what they do. Because they work for the Senate. I think at one point originally they probably were self-sufficient and on their own. Somewhere oh yeah, I'm sure. The millennia's history of the Jedi, they had actually linked up with the actual government and became basically an arm of the government. See, I think we're getting a little bit of that in the High Republic. That the Jedi wasn't necessarily as tight with with the government as it is in, in the prequel trilogy. I think they were still working under the Senate, but they may have they had a lot more of what we would see as loose cannon Jedi. Yeah, it, it was actually listening to the Force and doing things. But the Jedi in general, the Jedi Council, still pro- I believe probably report to the uh, to the Senate. Well, that's with um, the station. They Starlight Beacon, had, yeah, yeah. They had the they had the Republic. That was a Republic station, even though it was a Jedi station. It was still part of the Republic. Yeah. It was, and if I remember right, the way that that worked, it was like a 50 50 thing. The Jedi and the Republic and the Republic Senate could each controlled half the station or something like that. Right. So, yeah, the Jedi were a little more loose, a little more gung ho on their own and following the Force, but they were still reporting to the Senate. Right. And as, Which, as time went on, it became, they became more synonymous with each other. So, you know, everybody thought Jedi. Senate automatically. Mm-hmm. They work for the Senate, which without the with, without them knowing it, it basically tied their hands where they could not work outside of the Republic. If they if there were worlds on the outside of the Republic, they really can't do anything because they work for the Republic. And right. then if they go anywhere, they're seen right. as representatives of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think um, the where, where where we see them in Episode One and Episode Two, it, a lot of that is probably it probably is directly from um, Palpatine's influence, and well, not Palpatine, but the Sith influence of um, Plagueis and Palpatine, and going all the way back, slowly working their way through. And I think they all of them have been working on manipulating the Senate to get to this point. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So uh, we kind of saw it in episode two. Episode two, we saw it in well, in episode three and episode four, we see it as well. Did it surprise you? The color of Dooku's blade as a Jedi being blue. It didn't surprise me, but I did find it interesting. Yeah, I've never really got into. I mean, I understand the blades usually represent certain different things, but I've, blue and green is interchangeable to me usually when uh, I'm watching um, Star Wars. Well, blue was typically used by Jedi guardians. Yeah, but thing is, that's always if I remember right, that was all e or old EU stuff. In the new, in the um, newer canon and stuff, they've not established that, as far as I know. Other than blue and green for the Jedi and um, red for the Sith, right? I believe we did see gold in the Clone Wars for the um, guards. Yes, and we don't see it again until um, uh, Ray and Rise yeah, of Skywalker. It's her own, right? Uh, so, based on what one article I found, it goes through and it mentions uh, here are the different colors. And the more well-known users, Blue, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. Now we can add Dooku to that list as a Jedi. 
uh, I know Plo Koon is the same, excuse me, it's also blue because I own his saber from, from the parks. Uh, green, Yoda, Qui-Gon Jinn, Luke, when he finally makes his own, is green in Return of the Jedi. So that one, um, if not in the current canon, not told that story, but that could be just whatever crystal he found. He may have chosen that color. That may be the crystal that he had to use. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I am curious, though, now. Um, Which is it? I know Luminari had green. Ahsoka's original sabers were green before Anakin tweaked them in Season 7. But she wasn't a Jedi at that point. So he just modified them to blue for for her when he gifted her back her hilts. Because I I improved them a little bit and made them blue. And she flipped, flipped them to white. And then later she went so those to white. The only white sabers we ever see. Well, and supposedly the explanation behind the white, the one story I've heard that's canon, is white is purified Sith crystals. Okay. Because uh, the Sith hmm. is uh, our red, of course, is Maul, Sidious, Vader, Dooku yeah. when he's Sith, Ventress when she's dark side. And that's because. You, you to get the right color, you had to make the. It's not natural. You had to make the crystals bleed, which is yeah. became canon with the comics, mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. with the uh, Charles Soul Vader series. They they have to bleed. You make the crystals bleed to get the red. So from what I've heard, the white is the purification of Sith crystals, the healing of the Sith yeah. crystals. So they have no color. Mm. So they're white. Okay, I hadn't heard that. The the one thing I did hear was uh, um, the one rumor I heard was that. Um, Polonian that made her lightsabers white because she's neither Jedi nor Sith. Which is it, which could be another reason. She's not not neutral, but she's not a Jedi. Right. Uh, Purple, mace, black, of course, dark saber is the the Vizsla family. Well, that it's the the only Mandalorian Jedi created with dark saber, which is Vizsla family, yes, but he was a straight, a full on Jedi. Correct. Uh, Yellow, the Temple Guards, Asajj Ventress. When she, after the time of the Clone Wars, when she turns back to the light side, her reef, her, as in the comics, Ah, okay. her saber color is yellow. And of course, Ray. Then they go orange, Cal Kestis. Well, no. Yeah. This is where it's wrong. Cal Kestis said whatever color you want. Officially, his saber color is blue. Because if you go to the parks and get his saber, it's blue. And that's why everyone criticized when Disney announced Cal Kestis as the fan choice um, legacy saber, as the winner of that legacy saber contest, they announced it was a blue saber, blue blade. They're like, no, just like in the, it should be the option, like in the game, you should be able to choose whatever color you want. Yeah. The orange mm. was the pre-order exclusive for the longest time. You had to have pre-ordered the oh, game in order right. to get yeah. the orange, which is why for me, which I did, I did too. For me, even though I know Kyle's saber is supposed to be blue, I used the orange because it was the pre-order exclusive, and I like having that exclusive. Yeah. But back when I played the, the Jedi Academy games, I, I made my sabers there blue or orange because I just thought it looked pretty cool. Then he wants them all to be his. He's like, mine, mine. <laughs> but, mm. but what they should but they should have that. But, but they should have made the legacy saber multicolor, just like in the game. So you could choose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, it, that's what it should have been. Uh, then they go magenta. There's no one. Cyan. There's no one. Indigo. There's no one. Uh, so their meanings. Those are not canon sabers. This is obviously not a canon list. No. 
But I mean, some of these are are close. Um, See, a lot of those I think are colors that have been in the games over time. Yeah, it could have been. Uh, so according to this article, the blue was known historically known with the Jedi Guardians uh, that embodied bravery and righteousness. See, I kind of I kind of question that though with with Dooku. Because Dooku kind of fits more with the green, which means they have a deep and fun- fundamental understanding of the Force and are usually among the higher-ranking Jedi Knights. Hence why Gwygon had it. Yoda had it. Yeah, I think Dooku, the, whole, the, the second part of that, bravery, but righteousness. He, in his mind, he is the most righteous Jedi there is. There, everything mm, he yeah. does is yeah. exactly right. He's yeah. not letter of the law. He's I know the spirit of the law. This is the way it's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, red. Well, to, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I I have the lightsaber book. I have to check to see what it says for for colors. Nope. I, I'm gonna go back to yeah, Wayback the, Machine. <laughs> the Visual Dictionary. Nope. Mm-hmm. Ails Jedi Companion from this West End role playing game. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, non wow. non canon. Yes, I have but, the old role playing game book sitting right beside me on the shelf. Uh, purple means. Uh, has connections to both the light and the dark side of the force. Uh, f- such force users usually have been quite powerful and have to endure the temptation of the other side in order to maintain their personal path. Yeah, I can, I can see that with with Windu, especially since it's Sam Jackson. Mm. The real reason behind Purple? Samuel L. Jackson wanted to be able to find his character quickly in the lightsaber battle and wanted his to be different from everyone else. He just liked the color purple. That's all it was. There's that too. Um, it is a good looking light. His hilt's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, the dark saber, we know the meaning behind that. Uh, but, ju- uh, let's see what they say about it. Uh, they really don't say anything. Oh, it represented the, the emotions of the Mandalorians, something the Jedi avoided, but it was a jet. It was a Mandalorian Jedi who created the dark saber. Hmm. I, I thought it was a story. It was created by the only Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah, supposedly. And one of the first to turn on on the Jedi Order without actually being Sith. Uh, the white lightsaber meaning. Uh, the white crystal, the basis for a white saber is not natural. It is, it is created by reversing the process with which the Sith create red kyber crystals. It is a purified red kyber crystal, mm. which is best way of describing... Uh, a character who's not a Jedi as well. So to make the sabers white, showing that Ahsoka is not a Jedi anymore, but how does she create her new sabers and, and have saber blades that are not representative of Jedi, the normal Jedi coloring? Well, she found crystals from the Inquisitors or took crystals from the Inquisitors. Well, she did. We do know she killed at least one Inquisitor. Yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah, and she didn't take much time doing it either. Apparently, uh, according to mm-hmm. according to this article, Ahsoka is not only the most famous, but the only known user of the white lightsaber. She was able to purify the red kyber crystals from the Six Brothers' weapon, thus creating two neutral white crystals when she used that, which she used in her lightsabers. Mm. But I thought she already had white lightsabers by the time we see her battling. Wait. No. The sixth brother is the one that we see in uh, yeah. Tales from Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, gotcha. So she she purifies his crystals to make her her new sabers. Okay, that makes sense then. Which goes back to Tales of the Jedi. Uh, and then the yellow is uh, there isn't a lot to the backstory to reveal the origins and symbolism behind 
the Yellow Saber. Uh, the most powerful was Asajj Ventress. Um, even though Ray is the most known because of the sequel trilogy. Um, I'm not going to get into orange, except Yaddle uses a, a orange blade as well. Hers is orange. Was it orange? I thought so. I don't remember. Me either. I don't either. I'll just go back and look. There, this article is saying that Yaddle used an orange blade, but it's most associated with Calcastus since the game came out. And again, that's because it was a special order color or pre-order color. And then when all the pre-order stuff became available, just people glammed on it and made it. That was a common color used in, in the game was orange because you saw a lot of people switch over to the orange with it because it's just a cool looking blade. So I'm going to derail again from Tales from the Tales of the Jedi in our discussion. We're working on our own saber projects with Wookie, uh, with um, Rebel Sabers. And of course, with them, they have the R- RGB color wheels in them. So you could, we can make the blades whatever color we want without doing a Sith blade. What color would you guys use? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Mine would probably end up being green because that was Luke's for, or actually, I'd go blue because that was the, um, that was what, um, Anakin, or Luke's original lightsaber was. And actually, in Tales of the Jedi, Yaddle's using green. Is she? So I thought. I couldn't remember. But it makes sense because it, I think it would tie in with, uh, in fact, the same race as, as Yoda. Mm-hmm. So, Derek. What I, I, I think I might go with green. Okay. Uh, when I got my Rebel Saber, I was using green for the longest time. Then I realized the sabers that I've been drawn to, like when I got Plo Koon's, um, Dooku's, I, you know, I have all intenses, all all intentions of getting Dooku's Jedi Saber, Legacy Saber that they will be selling through Disney. Right now it's pre-order on Shop Disney, but it'll be in the parks eventually. Um, you know, I do like his hilt. His hill is awesome. Um, but some of the other colors, you know, some of the other blades I have looked at that I, I have enjoyed are blue. Then I come to find out, uh, and then I asked this question of, of Mark, Mark Went, who we, we had on the show. And unfortunately, no one's going to hear that interview because, well, a lot of certain events happened that we had to take it down. And I, I, I'm, disappointed but i'm not upset and i would i would have done it again if asked by mark because of everything that happened um but i think you should just edit it and then we possibly put up the stuff to everything else you know i may send it to him and ask him listen to it make notes or give me timestamps of what to cut out and i'll cut it out and if he wants to send it back to luke to lucasfilm to, to make sure everything else is okay i'll do so because that was such a fun interview and i think it just still deserves to to come you know to be on be in our our catalog but you know if y'all remember he was an extra long ago now i know but still um he the uh i asked him what his color saber was in attack of the clones it was blue and, and I'm I'm drawn to the color blue. I mean, when I got my Apple Watch, I got the blue Apple Watch. If y'all can see my watch band, it's a blue watch band. I, I just recently changed my saber color to blue on my on my saber. So if I ever get a Darth Vader hilt from Rebel Sabers, its saber, its color is going to be blue. Any saber. At that point, just buy Anakin's is almost the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Similar. Yeah. But but I love I love the look and the feel of Vader of the Vader hilt. 
And, and and I agree. You know, I agree with you to to do like the the Dooku Jedi Dooku Sith. You know, it'd be buying the Anakin saber with the Kovatek will and the uh, the Vader hilt. That's the two two sabers of Anakin, of uh, Vader Anakin slash Vader. But getting back to tells tells of the Jedi Yaddle doesn't speak broken broken no. English. Or reverse English. She speaks normal. So, so either Yoda's been messing with everybody for 900 years, which would be, I, <laughs> I, that's kind of my head cannon because that's awesome. If he's just been messing with people for so long that he just speaks that way now. <laughs> he get, or it's just uh, something that he picked up somewhere. Could it be a trait of the males versus the females? I don't know because we don't even have a name for his species yet. No. <laughs> and of course, we haven't heard Grogu talk yet. It could be a regional accent for where he comes from on his planet, or if it's a different planet than Yaddle comes from, it's just the same species. Yoda's from the Bronx and Yaddle's from Queens. <laughs> or like New York and L.A. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Florida and the rest of the world. Bronx and Brooklyn. <laughs> or maybe Florida just has a speech impediment. There's that too. Hey, when you're that strong with the force, you got to give up something. There you go. I, I will say I was definitely happy to see Yaddle used a lot in that episode. Yeah. I thought that was great because it, it brings in another character that we don't see often mm. or ever. <laughs> well, we, we now yeah. often. Uh, <laughs> well, now we get an explanation of what, why we don't see her in attack of the clones. Yeah. Dooku killed her. We sure do. So I did find it very interesting that um, how because uh, this episode especially shows straight up how long Dooku was actually part of Jedi Order. I I had assumed she had, he had left before the Phantom. I Menace. know. Yeah, me too. Uh, he was still there up through the events of the Phantom Menace. Who was I talking, Derek? Mm-hmm. Was it you and I who were talking about this last Friday off air about mm-hmm. Dooku? I don't remember. I know I was talking to someone, and I'm like, I swore. I, I could have sworn Dooku was gone from the order before Phantom Menace. They never said that, though. No. As you got to think, it's still 10 years before Attack of the Clones. Right. Yeah. And but, the other thing that's interesting is is the whole thing with Qui-Gon, because that, that, that scene where he ends up killing Yaddle is right after Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon gets killed by Maul. Yeah. It would, so uh, he, you know, he confronts Sidious about it. What I found interesting, uh, it goes back to the first episode two, was um, how we see uh, Dooku blatantly use dark sides um, of the Force, and Qui Gon doesn't just kind of takes it in stride. Is this, is this something he's seen them do before? Doesn't he choke out the senator guy? Yeah, yeah. Blatantly well, he starts using to. dark side of the Force, and Qui Gon is like, "Oh, this is just another day." He's like, back down and relax a little bit. Um, and then what he does, um, not quite as blatantly, but when he's working with um, Mace, he's still tiptoeing in that direction. And Mace doesn't um, react and go nuts on him. And it doesn't seem like Mace even reports it to anybody. We know definitely um, Qui-Gon didn't, did not. Because I don't, I don't think it was something at the time that stood out as being unusual. Force choke? I, I mean... Nothing says it was a maybe it wasn't a Jedi force skill. It just probably was one that wasn't encouraged. Well, I know, I know, I don't know about Mace, but I know with like Qui Gon, it's that's his master. So, you know, you tend to you tend to look turn a blind eye towards you know like yeah 
if if family members, you know, sometimes do something wrong, you'll you'll you know, you know, I don't that wasn't good, but you know, it's my brother or whatever, so I'm sure they'll be fine. Well, yeah, it, it, and, uh, a Jedi Master is like family. Well, and and it's known at that stage in the game too that Dooku is very un- unorthodox. I mean, if you go back and remember uh, in Jedi Dooku Jedi Lost, you know, it, it's talked about how he it, it's not that he, he's not a he, he uses unorthodox means. I mean, if you think about it, he he's one he's one of the few Jedi who use form too. Yeah. But with light side and dark side and the way the Jedi are taught about the dark side, do you think it's like uh, there is blurring the lines and then there's, holy crap, this dude just choked out a guy. Right. <laughs> Killed him with a force choke. Right. Yeah, but it might have been different if so, you know, I ended up stopping him from choking the guy like to death. But if if he had choked the guy to death, that might have been a different story. Yeah. Well, also the difference between the the other one that was really kind of creepy for Dooku and shows a little bit about him is he most Sith when they're using the dark side, they're bleeding anger. Right. Dooku Mm. was bleeding nothing. It was cold, calculating, just this is the way it works. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, he may have had the hatred and anger, but he wasn't throwing it off like like you see Vader. Um thoroughly um, destroying things and stuff, barely controlling his rage. Right. For me, we've never mm-hmm. seen that. For me, the, the vibe was, um, hold on, sorry. The, the vibe with, with him, like with the force choke is like with you and wrestling. It's the choke slam. You're, you're not choking uh, with the choke slam. You're not choking the person out. Yeah. You're just grabbing a hold of the throat to lift them up and hold them. It, it, but it, it is. If you go by the definition of from, um, from Yoda, this is a this is an offensive attack move. There's no defense for the, for um, force choke. There's no def- defensive use of that. Right. I, 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 I say that could be for knowledge and defense, never for attack. But I, like I said, this is just something that Qui Gon, like you said, may have just. And the fact that he wasn't screaming anger, and actually the poster child for seeing just barely controlled anger was Darth Maul right. in the movie in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, but I, th- I think using the force choke in the manner he did is, is a matter of opinion whether it was offensive or defensive. Because I mean, the force put using a force push oh, was definitely could be a yeah. That was definitely offense. Force that was push definitely offense. Force push could be considered offense as well, and that's taught amongst the Jedi. You gotta think a force push. You're moving your opponent away from you. You're not trying right. to kill them. Yeah, but force choke is used to kill somebody. But how many? Right. How many times in the Clone Wars have we seen when the enemy's been near an, a ledge, Jedi have force pushed the people off the ledge, essentially killing them Droid offensive off move. The ledge. No, but also, as we've said before, going into once you get into the Clone Wars, the Jedi are outside of their element. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So they're adapting to their situations, using the skills they have, and adapting to the situation they were thrown in. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that happened that um, would never have happened if they were doing what they're supposed to be doing originally. Mm. I, I I think the force choke, using it the way Vader used it, definitely an offensive move. Dooku, it could have been defensive because the senator was attacking him, even though Dooku knew he had the advantage and was, yeah, and was able to go to that maneuver. Have to kill the guy with a force choke. 
Yeah, that, there's yeah. I, there's no way that I, I'm sorry. I cannot see that as defensive. You can spin it any way you want, but universally, since the beginning of Star Wars canon, the Force choke has always been a dark side move. Yeah. Yes. Because Just like it is one step away from throwing lightning. Right. Now people can say that Yoda was throwing lightning, but if you watch, Yoda redirected the lightning. He absorbed yes. it and threw it back in yeah. a redirect. Yeah. Right. Which is also a defensive move. Right. Force push, you're pushing your opponent away so he can't attack anymore, can't attack you. Right. Most of all the other Jedi right. skills you see them use in combat, the force, the jumping and the speed and everything else can be used to get away and get out of combat. The yeah. choke just escalates combat or ends it immediately, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> basically it's the, um, it's the Sith side of telekinesis. It's the same skill, just how you use it. Right. Use it to pick up rocks or use it to crush someone's throat. And I'm surprised they haven't done it to where they just crush the, your opponent's heart or something like that. Ooh, oh, that could be an interesting one. That's more of a moral. That's, that's something you would have seen on like Masters of Terrace Cassie. Remember that game? Yeah. The fighting game? That would have yeah. been. Because that sounds like a Mortal Kombat type thing. Crush your opponent's heart from outside. Yeah. 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 So, um,. With the two, with the two uh, Dooku episodes that were left, because it, obviously it went Ahsoka, Dooku, 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 Ahsoka, Ahsoka. Is the this well, yeah, all going like, timeline? Like we said before, they kept it in chronological order. I I loved seeing Dooku in the temp or in the temple library erasing yeah Camino under the name of Sifo-Dyas. Well, we had already known that he had been using the name Sifo-Dyas. Yes. Because Sifo-Dyas is no longer around to be able to um, say, hey, wait a minute, that's not me. Right. Uh, and if you look where he's actually, the um, temple or the library archives, that's the same place that Obi-Wan, it looks like this is a very similar room to where Obi-Wan sends out the signal saying, don't come back to the temple. I believe it is. It, it's in the archive, ar archive mm -hmm. chambers. But it it's also um, see I don't I'm trying to remember in the in Dooku Jedi Lost was Sifo-Dyas still alive during Phantom Menace? I don't remember. I but, can go back and rewatch, re-listen to the book. But he was in um, in a in a facility, or was he, or or had Dooku ended his suffering? And and was still using his name to act upon things as he was questioning the Jedi's relationship with the Senate. I don't remember. So, um, I think we're getting to the point where we may need to talk about the last two episodes because we're going to yeah. deep into some of that stuff. Or we may have to just bump those to next week. Andor is going to get bumped next week, yeah. so we'll be talking two episodes of Andor next week. Uh, Ahsoka, let's let's. The, tra the training, you know, we, we see in her second episode, Anakin training her you now as, as she's dealing with the, the initial training. Uh, what, um, oh, who was running that? Rex? No. Bible first? No. Who, who was running the training with the uh, training remotes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, is that, is that the Jedi we see frozen in uh, Book of Boba Fett or not Book of Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two on the ship? And Gideon's stuff. Oh, who's training her or running that? Because I didn't think it was Kia Mundi. No, no, me, it isn't. It wasn't. I'm bringing up the episode now. Uh, it, it was the, oh, I can't think of the character's name. And, and the sad part is there is no galleries of, of sorts on, on StarWars.com about it. Yeah, no episode guides. 
which which stinks. They did that for um, Obi Wan also. Remember? I know they they just brought it back for Andor. I'm like, cool. Then we'll get it for Tales. Nope, we sure don't. Data bank is he listed under Jedi? Uh, it was amazing to hear um, Mad Lanter and um, um, James Arnold Taylor and just the Clone Wars cast all come back. Yes, yes, that was so awesome. Uh, These were definitely written and um, done and made by um, Filoni and his crew. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I, I mean, I thought the shows were perfect. And question is, should we get a season two? And if so. How, who or what do we get in season two? Um, I would like to see season two that focuses on some others. Um, there's some story, the some things they did not put in here on purpose. Like I read the one, um, the original version of the first episode was supposed to have Plo Koon in it also. Yeah. But when Filoni found out he only had, mm. according to the story I read, according to when Filoni found out he only had six episodes because he thought this could be longer, um, they told him he could have six episodes. Then um, he decided, you know what? Oh, I didn't notice that before. I have this running in the background. Caleb Doom is in the back uh, background of this uh, fifth episode. Yeah, yeah. Step and Caleb go walking by, which which but, made it, um, which m- makes the comment of when Caleb meets. A- or when Kanan meets Ahsoka for the first time, they knew of each other, but never met. Yeah. They were, it was always in passing. And that helped show that, that passing. But um, back to that first episode, um, Filoni decided, made the decision that um, when he found out he only had six episodes, that he wanted to focus on the story between um, Ahsoka and her mother, because there's very few mother-daughter stories in Star Wars. Right. So that's why they focused on that story and not him coming and um, them giving her up to him. Well, I'll be honest. I'm still not crazy about that first episode. Yeah, that's the that's the only one that um, seemed like it really wasn't needed. We didn't have to have that story. Right. Mm, yeah. This uh, one with her practicing, uh, deflecting all the bolts and stuff, shows definitely how tough she was. Right. I mean, imagine being, um, yeah. being stunned 20, 30 times in a day. Mm-hmm. And every time you do it, you actually wake up faster. No, thank you. Oh, yeah. You know, towards the end, they said she was only out for a couple of minutes. Right. Whereas the first time so she was building out building up hour. a tolerance to it. She's building up her skills. And then through this, now you know why when that Inquisitor shows up, she takes him out without even thinking about it. There's a reason she's one of the um, best lightsaber duelists in the Jedi Order. Well, now we see why. Right. She had to get to the point where she didn't, wasn't thinking anymore. She just let the force flow. Oh man, I am not get. I can't find the answer. I looked it up on IMDb, and he doesn't have any lines anyway. There's only four people for this episode mm. that are listed. Yeah, you get Matt, you got James, um, Ahsoka, or um, Ashley and D. Yeah, that's the only epi- That's the only because um, Yoda's in a couple of these, but if you notice, Yoda never speaks in any of this. But we know that's because Tom Kane, after having a stroke, has had to retire. Right, and I don't know if um. If uh, Dave is going to hire or going to bring anybody else in to do Yoda after that, it's not for the cartoons anyway. So they're doing a Clone Wars style Yoda. I don't think they'll either. He'll not won't do it or Yoda won't have any lines. Right. Unless they would bring in like a Frank Oz, which they did for it still wouldn't be the same. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yes. But that was all. That was a totally different animal. That wasn't the animated. Right. Oh, uh, I, I just, I, I found it real. Okay. 
episode five. Ashley. Yeah, they, I'll have to go back and look. I thought it was, I almost want to say the, the camel face Jedi. It's the one running the. Yeah, I got his picture here, but I don't, I don't know who he is. I can't remember his name. Anyway, but I, I just find it interesting. It's like, okay, why are we going through the, you know, why is she going through this? And, and why is Anakin so insistent? And then we hit Resolve, which takes place, or the episode ends with uh, Order 66. Right. And we see Rex and her enter the hangar from, you know, that scene right from the final episode, or yeah, the final episode of uh, season seven. And it's like, this is why she was able to survive that scene or that situation. Because she has been, because Anakin put her into a real life scenario. With the clone troopers, that if you could survive this, you're gonna survive the battle droids. Mm-hmm. So, and like he said, this is—he had to make sure she's ready, so he didn't have to watch her. He could just do what he's gonna do. All right. Yeah. Then um, the final episode is basically leading up everything right into her role as fulcrum for rebels. Yeah. Well, her getting ready, finally coming around to do it because you gotta remember when. Um, the episode starts with Padme's funeral. Yeah. And we see that she was actually there. Yeah. No, she was supposed to be hiding and bail Caesar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there you can say, and she tells us straight up, she's done. She's no longer working for the Jedi or anything else. She's happy just to hide. And then we see her go to that one planet, mm-hmm. um, which she, she saves someone. And the, and of course it's very Imperial driven or occupied planet. And, and the, the one brother, Totally sells her out. Mm-hmm. Well, what a jerk. Yeah. Well, you got to think going up to that point at this point in the Republic and the, they've just become the empire. The general population still thinks that um, the empire saved them. The emperor saved them by forming the empire. Right. That's what propaganda right. told them. So he's being a good citizen. Yeah. But after everything that goes on, we come to find he out learns that he, the, he learns the, the other empire one. may not be as good as he thought it was. Exactly. And of course, this is where we see the infamous sixth brother, mm-hmm. which explains why we don't see the sixth brother in Obi-Wan or Rebels, who, nope. in my opinion, is the coolest looking Inquisitor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, Have of course, you ever seen the sixth brother anywhere else? No. Because he looks familiar. <sighs> That mask looks really, really familiar. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It'll, I can't remember what... Uh, I wonder what's said about the sixth brother. Sixth. That's what I'm looking up now. Media. See, so he, he was in the comics. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Appearances. He's in the Darth Vader comics. Right, but has a different different look. Soko novel and audiobook, but you wouldn't see him there. Right. His his mask is similar to Revan. Okay. Yeah. It's a similar similar styling of Revan's. Mm-hmm. And almost a similar styling as uh Grievous's Android head or the skull mask he wore. Oh yeah. So it makes me wonder hmm. if this particular fifth brother came from the same race as Grievous. Because again, Grievous, Grievous was a lightsaber wielder, but at, at the time that he learned to wield the lightsabers, he was already mechanical. He was already... Yeah, he was about 90% droid. Yeah. 
So yeah. it, it wouldn't have mattered. Heart, that was about it. Yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered. So there I was one lung. There, there was an, enough elect, natural electrical to go from the heart to the brain for that, but everything else was mechanical. And of course, the I think as you said, the real. Lung. That's why it was coughing so much because it's like if it was mechanical lungs, he wouldn't have had as much problems breathing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. So I think I think his eyes. I don't think his eyes were mechanical. No. Um. I mean, there there's not a lot of background, but that. <clears throat> But my guess is um, he is similar to the to Duku, not Duku, to uh, to Grievous. Grievous. Yeah, with the ma- with the mask type look, because it's almost like a a bird esque mask. And you look at Grievous, yeah. and it, it has Grievous's mask when he's human has an animalistic bird esque type look. Mm. So, but it's definitely a rebreather mask, similar to to Grievous or what. Um, same concept that uh, Plo Koon used as well. That when he's off his own planet or out of his own atmosphere, he has to have the, the rebreather. Yeah. But we we know it's his crystals that Ahsoka takes to turn into her white blades. I wonder where they got that information from. That had to have been because this just happened. This only became canon like today or the last week. What? the, the, the um, That she killed this guy. The Ahsoka book. She kills him in the Ahsoka book. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. It's another one I got to reread. Yeah, because that's that's where the whole story of how the uh, her how she came up with the white saber or the white blades was after was purifying the the Sith Sith crystals. So did they? They just mentioned it though, right? They didn't get into the actual scene of how it happened in the book. I, how she? I don't remember. Him. I don't remember. One, I got asked Zoe because she read the book. I have the book sitting here on my shelf. I just two, reread it. Two, I just either need to go grab the book and read it myself, one or the other. I believe I have the audio mm-hmm. book too. I have the audio book as well. So it, it's just a matter of trying to locate it. So trying to figure out exactly. But I guess the other fun one could be too is we get the author of the book. Was it C.K. Johnson? E.K. Johnson. E.K. Johnson. We get her on and, and ask how she feels about her book being used as uh as the basis for these stories well if i remember they actually the stories here changed it a little bit from what the book was it's same thing with 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 caleb dune canaan on on the order 66 yeah that changed that was retconned a little bit as well with uh between the comic and bad batch yeah well it comes down to no matter what um on screen 100 always trumps um printed Right. Digital or any of that stuff. If it was seen on screen, right. that's number one canon. Um, everything else is uh, is one hundred percent canon until it's not. But the um, but the on screen stuff for these two items were inspired by the initial events that were written in the canon stories. Yeah. Well, and also remember that Ahsoka book. Um, Filoni did work some with D.K. Johnson about fleshing out the um, story and stuff. Yes. I don't know how much he helped it, but I know he was involved. See, and this this is why now I'm interested in getting E.K. Johnson on the on the show to discuss it. Yeah, because there's a few other, there's a few other themes that supposedly had changed that I don't want to get into now that people are upset about. So um, but I hate to say it, guys, on this note, final thoughts. I do hope we get a second season. 
Just I do too. Like see yeah. Stuff, some uh, maybe a couple of other characters. Plo Koon would be great. Oh, yeah, I agree. You could even you could yeah. either go farther into the past or um, into the future of Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other, the other question is too: What the next one? Does it have to be a three and three episode of two different Jedi's? Or at this stage no, in the game, no. can it be one episode, one Jedi, one episode? I don't sure. know. Mm-hmm. What I would like to see would be flesh it out, make them half hour episodes, and do um, an actual true anthology. Every everyone's mm, a yeah. story, someone new. Okay. I guess this one, according to um, the stories and stuff, this was actually um, these stories were all written basically by Filoni while he was driving back or either flying back and forth or whatever, working on Mandalorian. It was something to do while he was on the airplane. He was writing up all these short stories. And it, eventually, he pitched them, and they said, "Go for it." <laughs> I think these are mm. great to take characters to take character who was never in the films and then take a character who was in one in a, a one in a 32nd of a film, one film in a 32nd of a film of a second film mm-hmm. and really wasn't in a lot of the film he was supposed to be in or that he wasn't because we don't see because we really don't see Dooku until midway through until Obi-Wan gets on Geonosis, which is halfway through the film. Yeah. That's when Star Wars is usually running right, though, because you don't need a whole lot of screen time for your villains. No. Think how much actual screen time Darth Maul had. Right. Darth Vader in the original um, New Hope and in Empire Strikes Back. And even well, in Return of the Jedi had well, Maul, no, you, I, I, uh, you can't say Darth that about Maul Vader. Used a little more screen time. Yeah, well. Maul could have used a little bit more. Vader, you you. you I mean, you get Vader right at the beginning. Yeah. Then he disappears mm-hmm. for, and then he's interspersed throughout the film. Yeah. But there are large, small sections. There's no huge right. thing that tells you anything about him. But you didn't need to at that stage no. in the game. That's what I said. Star Wars, when it's hidden right, you don't need a whole lot of the villain. Even though, I mean. You have to establish he's the bad guy. But Vader, Vader has, of any of the villains, he has the most screen time in one film, no matter what. Yeah. So, I mean, he he. We see him at the very beginning. We see glimpses of him dealing with Leia on the Death Star. We see him dealing with the with the governors and the admirals. We see him dealing, you know, with the interrogation. We see him fighting Kenobi. We see him in the Tie Fighter going after Luke and the and the rebellion in the trenches. I mean, I mean, he he has a major role in that in that first film, yeah. and still maintains a you no know, not being overwhelming. Whereas um, Maul could have used a little bit more because we we Definitely. barely we we don't see a lot of him until until we're back on until we're on Tatooine after the uh, the pod race. Yeah, well, you uh, you gotta think though in that movie in the in the A New Hope, Vader was the villain of the film. Oh yeah, in the Phantom Menace, Maul is not the villain of the film. We don't find out till later. Palpatine is the villain of the film. It's Sidious. Right. Maul is just his tool. Yeah. He's a very blunt object. <laughs> well, and, and that's the whole thing, though, with the with the prequels. The villain is Sidious, Palpatine yeah. slash Sidious, the whole way through. He is the Vader of that, of that setup, mm-hmm. despite the fact that he does very little until Revenge of the Sith. But anyway, um, now I, I just I forgot where I was going. That's all right. <laughs> Final thoughts, guys, before I, I completely... I think that's it I had, or else we're not going to be able to... <laughs> before I go off the rails. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, then, 
On that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!